let me tell you, when you were like, go back in a couple of minutes, my brain literally went, do I have enough time to just devour this candy bar I brought up? <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you, I did. I'm so glad. That's great am news. Am I a trash human? Yes, I am. Am I feeling slightly better for just having a lion bar? Yes, I do. Thanks for asking. <laughs> and listeners and welcome to Drock, our monthly read-through of Judge Dredd, The Complete Case Files. I am one of your two hosts, Jeff Lester, and with me, the lovely, talented, effervescent, and candy bar scarfing... Graham McMillan. Hi, everyone. The, uh, at least the last part of that is definitely true. <laughs> <laughs> and we are coming to you live from Unnecessary Cameo by Alfred Jari Block to discuss Judge wow. Dredd, The Complete Case Files, Volume 32. Um, Graham, do you wish to discuss, let, let the listeners know what they've won in terms of which progs are being covered in years and what have you? It would be my pleasure. Um, this is material from 2000 and 2001. It's from 2000 E-Progs 1186 to 1222 and Magazine Volume 3, Issues 70 through 73. The majority of it is written by John Wagner. There's a couple of John Smith stories. There's a Gordon Rennie story in there, which, for all intents and purposes, is a rewrite of a John Wagner story. And there's a story by someone called Roland Gray. Who was Roland Gray? I don't know, but I think it's a pseudonym. Uh, the art is from people including Simon Fraser, Arthur Ranson, Chris Wesson's in there, Henry Flint, Steve Parkhouse, Carl Scarra, uh, Peter Doherty does a few appearances. It's it's a, a grab bag in terms of artists. Yes. Um, it's another collection, I should say, of, for the most part, short stories. It's not a mega epic volume at all. It, it, it's a lot of short stories, but there is some level of through line there's at least two threads of continuity that that go through the 2008 material yeah and in uh, fact yeah yeah okay well i don't i want to cut you off but this is curious this brings up some questions for me that i, I, I would i would be happy to answer the questions I was, the only other thing i was going to say is the magazine material for the most part is just like one-offs or or two-offs because uh jimping is, is two-parter but yeah you know, they're they're disconnected stories. There's there's no grand continuity going through those ones. Yes, definitely. Uh, so, uh, Graham, let me ask you, what would qualify for a, as sort of what I keep calling the mega progs for you? Because because on the one hand, you are. Well, I mean, I'm right. A mega prog, or mm-hmm. or as I would call it, a mega epic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, for the, they're the big stories. They're the stories that are like twenty episodes at least. Okay. You know, they're, they're they're the big swing stories. You know, your Necropolis, your Cursed Earths, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Oz, something like that. Yeah, I, I don't think we're. I we'll see where where the case files is by the time we catch up with it. But I don't think we're going to get to things like Day of Chaos. Mm-hmm. But that's like forty five chapters. Oh yeah, I mean that's certainly so, very big. Yeah, but like, um, yeah, yeah, Mega Epic for me is is one story that just dominates. Mm-hmm. You know, the closest thing I've had recently is the Doomsday story, and even then, that was relatively short for a mega epic. Here we get the introduction of Rico, 
of Judge Rico, mm-hmm. who re- like is in the very first story and is in the very last story from 2018. That's right. And and he's uh, in this volume. Yeah. But we also get like Peachy maybe returns mm-hmm. and, and, and you know reappears and then disappears and then reappears again. Right. And so those those feel like again sort of building a larger continuity rather than a big you know a, a big mega epic to me. I so the thing for me is um just cuz I feel like I'm like Graham Sector House is 50 pages 50 uninterrupted pages of John Wagner and Carlos Escara and it's basically Rico in the pit and it's in oh it's great insanely good and part of me was yeah. like does this count cuz it but is it's only eight it's only eight episodes yeah, it's eight episodes, but it's fifty pages. Like, I mean, that's you're like it's really fucking good. Though. It's no, it is, I, it's great, but I, it's I, also is okay. Thing, I I agree, mm-hmm. um, but you know, it's not mega epic to me because the pit is a mega epic, right? Because again, it lasts like twenty two, twenty three episodes. Yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, whereas eight eight episodes is good and it's a lengthy run, but it's it's not, you know, it it's not the same thing. Ah, okay. Well, Sorry, but that said, you know, Sector House is great, and also Blood Cadets, which starts the book. The two Rico stories in the year, yeah, are for my money like the strongest stuff in here, and I think Blood Cadets in particular is fucking great. Oh, I really, really love the Rico stuff. I love, book. I, I adore the Rico stuff. I really adore the Rico stuff. But I, so you know, I think we talked last time about how the volume kind of suffered a little bit from a little artistic wobbliness. Maybe it was two volumes ago um, that, that had kind of felt had been kind of ironed out of uh, 2000 AD and the magazine over time. This one was interesting because there's a lot of work that I thought was kind of shaky. Uh, and I definitely think the blood cadets to me suffers by Simon Fraser on art. Um, and I, I can see that. I actually like Simon Fraser's art a fair deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that he is maybe not the most convincing dread artist. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting. Like, these days he's doing Hershey for 2080. Mm. And, you know, first of all, it's literally 20 years later. So for all intents and purposes, he's a different artist. Yes. Right. right. But, uh, but I think his strengths, oddly enough, are still kind of the same. And it works better on Hershey, which is a strip that is more ambiguous, for want of a better way of putting it, mm. uh, than Dread is. I, I think I think Fraser's art is actually quite attractive and quite kinetic. Mm-hmm. But I oh, think, it's very kinetic, yeah, definitely. But I, th- I think there's, there's something about it that doesn't feel solid enough for Dread. You know, it's funny because that could be the case. I sort of feel. There's like a variety of things going on. I I personally think that yeah, Gary Caldwell's colors on um on Blood Cadets are really sort of washed out and maybe to help with I don't know some sort of line depth thing. I don't, I'm not quite sure. Also, I have to say like he bless him, he can't Simon Fraser can't get Dred's helmet down. You know what I mean? Like his helmet is atypical, oddly flat. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of it's very much like 
like you said, it's there's a lot of really kinetic storytelling there, and honestly, I his pages could be much much worse, I think. But um, uh, but yeah, there's it's just for me, it really in a way it drags things down in in part because I feel like one of the things that's such a brilliant opportunity uh, that I feel that, of course, Ascara is able to really um, has better luck, much better luck with, is is the fact that you have Dread uh, encountering Dread. You know? Like, he, Rico is his clone, or rather, they're both clones of Fargo, and so you're seeing you know, dread once again encounter um, himself, and it's it's yet another like this is a thing that has come up several times in dread. And what's great in a way is is that Wagner is coming across is is seems like he is going a very different path with it, and. On the one hand, in a way, the Simon Fraser stuff is like, oh yeah, you know, it really focuses on the action. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel that there's so much, there's a lot of stuff that's really simmering in the subtext of Blood Cadets. And not least of which is, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, like Wagner kind of does a does a retcon with the original Rico, right? Does he? Well, so this is the thing. I don't remember the whole deal of Rico falling down the bottom. Oh of no! The yeah, well yes, and... that that is a, that is a retcon slash something that you've never learned before. Yeah, and well, but Rico's backstory is pretty sketchy before this. Well, yeah, like yeah. it feels less like a retcon as much as like here's here's a piece of story that you've never like. It's not co- contradicting anything that's been established. I guess is what I'm no, no, no. Uh, well, how do I put it? Agreed, but I think it's also super important because oh, it's it's, it's very interesting context. Interestingly yeah. enough, I also think it's context that doesn't really get brought back. Um, well, I think it'll. Well, we'll see. I mean, you know, I think for me, and just as the dude who's only reading Dread mm-hmm. kind of in a straight line, you know, and don't yeah, know yeah. advanced knowledge of things, like it works super well to introduce. As as a whole bunch of stuff that kind of um, cues you, I guess, into where the the tensions are really going to break out for Sector House in a way. But also, yes. I think I think it's a very smart piece of continuity because um, the the reason why I really like the retcon is is as Dread himself says to Rico, like, I assume that your big concern is, you know, all of these other clones have turned out evil. And every the other ones kind of, it made sense with Kraken and the Jutta, but, you know, but Rico's the one that really is worrisome because, you know, he he turned out bad basically. And you want to know if there's something in our genes. And it's something that I actually, again, a really like the way that, that Wagner, I feel kind of steps into his, into the head of dread because before he brings it up, 
um, to Rico, he says something like, does, does Joe Dredd have a problem with competition or is there another explanation? But the implications of that are terrible to contemplate. And of course, in a way, you know, Dredd being Dredd, he actually mentions that it's too horrible to contemplate two panels later. Um, but I also think that I also wondered the extent to which it's a ruse. Cause of course, part of me is like, wait, it, you know, does sort of the two ways to look at it are does, is the stock that they come from evil and, and therefore it's very important to introduce this level of ambiguity about Rico that possibly Rico had a concussion in a pit at, you know, out in the cursed earth and was exposed to tons of radiation. And after that, he started getting cruel and weird and bad. And essentially something went wrong. But the the two other possibilities, of course, are, you know, the two terrible to contemplate part is the idea that, that they have maybe a greater potential for evil. Yeah, yeah. It's dread the anomaly. It's Fargo's influence as, the you know, the basis mm-hmm. inherently. Mm-hmm. inherently corruption again i you you hate when i use advanced knowledge mm-hmm. i'll i'm really curious what you're going to make of it when we get to the origins thing and you actually see fargo mm. yeah i'd be i would be very because, curious because there's you know wagner plays with that idea mm-hmm. wagner plays with the idea that that joe is the is the anomalous one right um not necessarily in a way that is hinted at here one of the things I like a lot about Blood Cadets, and I think Blood Cadets is a great story, mm-hmm. is it is the first time that Wagner is introducing another clone mm-hmm. of Fargo without an obvious endpoint, mm-hmm. right? Kraken is clearly introduced as part of uh, as part of the Judda, but also you can tell something's happening, you know. Like, it, it's clearly part of a larger story, and when he becomes a judge, it's literally in Countdown to Necropolis. Right, You know, right. Mm-hmm. like, Dead Man has been published by that point, you know Dread leaves for some reason. Mm-hmm. It's clearly part of a larger story. Rico, it, the original Rico, the, the the first Rico Dread, yeah. is introduced as having gone bad. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. This is the first time you see someone else from Dread's genetic stock and you don't necessarily know where the story is going, mm-hmm. but you get Rico's ambiguity mm-hmm. in there, like his ambivalence mm-hmm. about, you know, is he going to go bad? But also, he's well aware that what happened to Kraken, right? You know, and he's mm-hmm. well aware that that Kraken was also Dread Rookie. Mm-hmm. Having that in the this story makes it a really interesting framing sequence for something that really is kind of a flashback story for the most part. Mm-hmm. Well, you again, know? yeah. But, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But also it's so interesting to me that you get, you get this flashback story. Wagner has been writing dread for this point, but for you know, what, 13 years. Mm-hmm. And this feels like the first time he's actually gone. Let me do a dread year one story, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is, which is, in itself, very interesting. And to do it with, you know, the character who becomes Rico, who well, renames himself by the end of the story, Rico, as, as the, the frame, and also as the character hearing this story, as the character yes. being told the story, mm-hmm. it is, is, feels very 
fresh for one of a better way of putting it. Oh, completely. Um, which completely. honestly is one of the reasons why I like Simon Fraser's art being so so different. Mm. Uh, I, I, another thing I like about Simon Fraser, and I get what you're saying about the helmet, I love that when he does the flashback to Dredd being a full judge in Erlene's career, mm. he's literally wearing the helmet that uh, artists were drawing on him at that point. Mm. He's literally drawing you know, Iskara slash McMahon helmet, mm. with, which mm-hmm. is much more rounded. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have the sharp angles. I really, really appreciate that. I think that's a really, really nice touch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I like Fraser. I, I totally get why you don't. Uh, I like Fraser for, for this, but more than that, like this writing on on Blood is just great. Oh yeah, the writing is great. And like I said, it it um, what I also like about it is how much it plants seeds that you kind of get to see take fruit with Sector House. Like one of the things that I think, like you said, the fact that he's doing a dread year one story in a way that feels very unique. Um, Sector House, to me, totally amps that up because, to me, we'll get to it when we sort of discuss it more at length, but by showing Rico trying, like, being assigned to a section house and more or less ostracizing himself... Like I like how much it works for me in a in a dread year one kind of way, because like reading it, like even though some things would be different, I was like, oh yeah, yeah this this is probably what happened to Joe Dread. Like this is it's hard not to imagine Rico is encountering all of these situations and acts with a lack of pliability. That is 100% in, you know, how that would line up with Dread. You know, by the time we see Dread see him at the start of 2000 AD, he's already like, you know. He's the, already the, Dread. Yeah, he's, he's already, already Dread. Like, exactly. He is so self confident and doesn't have any doubts. And it's great to see Rico to have those doubts, but also to see Rico honestly overcome them. Right. Just by being like, no, I'm going to do the right thing. He has the, he simultaneously has the moral certitude mm-hmm. of, of, of Joe Dredd, mm-hmm. but doubts that you imagine a younger Dredd would have. Right. And so one of the things that I think is super great about that is I think, I think a lot of times when you do the year one stories, there's a certain amount of, eh, because you know how it's going to turn out, you know. But Sector House, by being by being about Rico and Rico being a reflection of Dread, you can kind of reverse engineer some of that, what Dread himself must have gone through. And by the time you see him, he's super cop. But as time goes on, you see that he's a super cop that the rest of the judges... Um, tolerate resent make fun of like you know he dread dread isn't is an outsider among the judges in a lot of ways you know and he's also not because he's the perfect embodiment of it and admittedly rico has problems in sector house that are precisely tied to the fact that he has dread as a predecessor and has kind of screwed things up for him in a way that that dread wouldn't have had 
with Rico and being, you know, from Fargo and what have you. But, but I do like how much of that is kind of the, like, I like the elegance with which Wagner uses Rico as his own character that you are personally invested as, but he can also function as a mirror to dread to the extent that you want to take advantage of that. And, and of course it's super great because then you get dread coming into the story and you have him at, you know, you get to see dread at two different points in his life reflecting on how he's changed and trying to steer Rico in a different way in a very gentle way that doesn't always succeed. Yeah. And and it's really interesting to see dread being so gentle, to be honest. Yes. And and, and thinking like he needs to make his own mistakes. He needs to stand on his own feet and honestly kind of regretting it afterwards. Yeah. Right. You know, it's really unusual to see dread treat someone with kid gloves Mm-hmm. And 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 honestly, says a lot about where Dread is now as a character, mm-hmm. but also by contrasting with with Rico, who has, for all intents and purposes, like you said, he is he is Dread year one. Mm-hmm. You know, it shows how far Dread has come. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I'm I'm curious. One of the things that I think comes across in in both Blood Cadets and Sector House for me is the idea of front of a better way of putting it, you could retire Joe Dredd and have Rico take over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Did you have that, or were you just invested in Joseph Dredd to the point where this can't really become a legacy series? Hmm. Um, that's a good question. Uh, I think... I think that weirdly, if... If this if this were American comics, I would feel like oh that might be um, easier to kind of wrap my brain around because you know by two thousand like every major hero had been swapped out by that point in both Marvel and DC sides right but I feel like um, the thing that I liked about I didn't necessarily get that feeling because I feel like for Wagner, what he had in mind was a very different stage of life for Joe Dredd. And Rico sort of, um, again, has that ability to have Dredd reflect on himself. Um, but but I think it also just is, uh, there's there's way more ways to have the stories go. You know, like in 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 the sense of, you've got so many story possibilities. Like in Sector House, there is a great moment where, where essentially Rico feels the call of his blood, where he is in 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 the middle of a fight, and at a certain point he realizes he just wants to punish the other person. You know, and that sort of cruelty. You know, which is interesting because Wagner really does make a point to call it out as something different mm-hmm. from the the cruelty of being a judge on the street. You know, um, it you know you kind of have that thing of like, oh, is he is he gonna go, you know, is Rico gonna go dark? Like, what's kind of refreshing is is that Wagner is aware of like, you know what, we've seen him go dark. What happens if we keep a judge that is light? 
but also kind of has that thing of you have a perfect situation of turning like I've said this is a pejorative for many episodes, but you literally have Judge Dredd being Judge Dad here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. and and there's something that's pretty great in that, especially because with Wagner, you know, he can bring Rico in when he wants, or he can turn around and, you know, if you had told me that they'd spun Rico off into, you know, uh, his own series in, in the magazine, I'd totally believe it. And then you kind of get to have your cake and, and eat it too. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. so I think for me, there is something that um, at a certain point, maybe it was after Dead Man or whatever, it just kind of came, became clear to me that I think that Wagner would... I don't really see how Wagner would kill off Dread without it, without him being like, okay, and this, and that's, and that's a wrap. And I'm done. Yeah, exactly. So, so I guess because it never really seems like a thing, I never really considered it. But I mean, I, I loved Sector House. I really loved everything about it. You know, and and can we talk about Sector House? Is also really a Judge Rico story, not a Judge Dredd story. Very much so. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Dread cameos in it. Yeah, right. But but it's a Rico story, which yeah. honestly is great. Yeah, it's a joy. Yep, yep. You know, absolutely, absolutely. Also, while, while we're talking about sectors, can we also appreciate that Escara actually manages to draw Rico as Dread but younger? Yes, in the yeah. most subtle way. Yeah, he is very clearly Dread, but also not Dread. Yeah, and it's it's a wonderful piece of honestly very subtle simple line work yeah no exactly and but that's manages to get the idea of age across in a way that, that is just masterful really yeah and i mean and that is i mean that is so which again is part of like when i read this volume through for the first time blood cadets was yeah pretty great i was like yeah i got no complaints about that and then Red Sector House, I'm like, holy shit, get to the end of the volume, go back and revisit everything. And that was kind of when I'm like, uh, you know, Frazier's fine. And admittedly, I feel like a lot of, unsurprisingly, a lot of artists suffer compared to Carlos Escara on Dread. Yeah. But, but I really do think, like you said, just the fact that he is able to convey that they are the same character and yet at different times in their life... But in a weird, like, like it's just so many slight little things. Like, it could mm-hmm. just be something as subtle as body posture or something. But it's but it's always completely clear, which is kind of amazing. Yeah, no, it's, I, it's amazing that you don't have to see the badge and you know exactly which one it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, exactly. I'll, I'll be honest, uh, you know, I, I want to say it's the spoiler, but it's not because we're already well under discussion. Is is I started uh, Complete Case Files 32. I feel like a lot of the case files start with a strong story and then kind of slip into pointless sloppery for a while and then maybe mm-hmm. snap into focus and then don't. And I really thought that this was going to be that. And then at a certain point, before Sector House, I was like, oh, this is actually a really good collection of stories. Uh, and then, of course, Sector House comes in, and I adore it. 
I'm a I'm a big fan of this volume. In part because of Sector House, but not entirely. The rest of the stuff, as long as it's not being drawn by Siku or um uh, Ben <laughs> Oliver, are pretty are pretty great. Oh so. shit, which ones does Ben Oliver draw? The 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 two later PJ maybe ones. Which are good stories. I just, I'm not crazy. Again, the art was, I was like, oh, really? I I was going to say, for me, if Wagner's writing, you're in for a good story. Yeah. Well, you you know, know, yeah, okay. So so the the stories that aren't by Wagner, let's get them out of the way. Sure. First of all. There's Survivor Type by Simon Davis. uh, Sorry, drawn by Simon Davis, but written by John Smith. That's right. There's Copycat Crimes by Roland Gray, which, as I said, I'm fairly sure is a pseudonym. Yeah. Uh, there's Rest Up by Gordon Rennie with Chris Weston, which, this is not a joke. John Wagner literally wrote that story a couple of volumes ago, right? Uh, I mean... Am I going crazy about Dread stopping in somewhere to get some foods and it, it being... It, it going wrong? I mean, yes. Uh, the yes, like like is. really recently though, not not just you no, know no, no, he no. wrote it ten years ago. I feel like he wrote it in like the last couple of volumes. No 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 exactly. He wrote it in the last couple of volumes. It could be argued he rewrites it in this volume. In fact, too. So there's rest stop right, which is basically dread comes into uh, Hottie's house to like use the crapper, and then there's the what is it? Um, the other one where he comes into uh, dinner at oh, Shapiro's, right? Dinner with Steve yeah, Parkros. Yeah. I honestly forgot about dinner at Shapiro's. You're right. Yeah. Um, but the other, the other, uh, no, Mike Mars new model Ford mm-hmm. uh, by John Smith and Paul Marshall, which all of them are fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's maybe a bit strong for copycat oh, crimes, which is, is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. I actually thought copycat crimes is technically fine. I think it's it's pretty decent. I thought as a this is some whoever the hell it is doing a dread story. It's it's better than Mark Miller's dread stories. No, you know no, what yeah, I mean? no, all all of them are, mm-hmm. all of them are. Yeah, but I do think that Wagner is is really on in this volume. Oh, he's really on. You he's know, like things like so the Shirley many. Temple of Doom. I think is great. Mm-hmm. Like I really like the Shirley Temple of Doom story. Uh, I think Sabs is a great story as well. Like, I, I think there's some really, really, really strong stuff in this book. You know, uh, I, it, sorry. Yeah, I was going to say the island is the one where I'm like, oh, that's a fucking classic dread story to me. Oh, so that's the one with preserving art. Yeah, right? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. It's yeah. There's there's just really, really good stuff here. Mm-hmm. That even when Wagner is doing the one-offs or is doing the the joke stories, mm-hmm. you know. They fucking land. Like, yeah. turned out quite nice again is, on the one hand, like the most throwaway story with lots of repeated jokes. Yep. It is yeah. yet again a people who cosplay as Judge Death go wrong story and mm-hmm. a Mrs. Gunderson story. Right. But it's great. It's yeah. such a joy to read. Yeah, completely. You know? Mm-hmm. It, and, and the PJ Maybe stuff. Which I really like, I should say. PJ maybe is the subject of three stories in this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not reinventing the wheel. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's pretty much run of the mill PJ maybe stories, and yet for me they just worked. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I I actually. I don't dig PJ maybe quite as much as you do, but I I really enjoyed his reappearance here. Although again, 
feel that Ben Oliver kind of um, threw the stories into the deep end of the ugly, sketchy pool for no reason. Uh, but yeah, I think I well sketchy in the sense of it's just I thought his storytelling. I I just didn't like his cartooning, his actual like the sequence where part part of the thing is is that PGA maybe gets his face mauled essentially in his attempts to to kind of get some plastic surgery on the sly and with ben oliver's art you can't really tell like you know like shit like that but pj maybe himself i liked it and one of the things i i really liked about the all new adventures of pj maybe honestly the it's if you think of it as a triptych the first and third pieces i thought were super great and the second piece i'm like yeah you need it to get from the first to the third yeah it's 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 literally the bit that that connects the two Exactly, exactly. But I, for me, it's, um, like you said, Wagner's just on fire in this one. There's like maybe two or three very minor flops and a lot of really classic stuff, I thought, you know, um, two, two of his like gag stories, uh, Slow Crime Day and the Des Linum story, um, are I'm not I'm not crazy about Pete Doherty's art in Slow Crime Day. Yeah, I I think Pete Doherty's stuff is is not great yeah. in general. Yeah, I I, I, I yeah. think I think it's really not helped by the colors. You know, mm-hmm. I, I've complained about the colors before, but the colors are a bit a bit much here. But those those two stories are both cracking, like very funny, witty, sharp stuff. The, the the little twist of the Des Linum story where, um, again, I feel like Wagner just has such a crack ear for um, bullshit TV commentator dialogue and the fact that he comes up with a story t- to exploit that is just, was really delightful. So I, I'm going to, just because it's going to drive me mad, otherwise it's Des Linum, who's a TV oh. commentator. Thank you. Sorry. I appreciate you correcting me. It's literally one of those cultural things that, like, why would you ever know that? Why would you know what a sports commentator from the UK from 30, like, 40 years ago at this point? Mm -hmm. Like, how his name was pronounced? You wouldn't. It would be a problem if you did. (laughs) Um, There's a few pieces, though. Someone in the house. Again, Siku, not my... He and Pete Doherty are in a desperate fight for, like... Artists who I basically destroy the story. Cube Life, I think, is... I don't even know if anyone could have saved that. But that was... Like, there's there's really very minor uh, Wagner stuff. I'm not sure how I felt about Sobs, which I think is probably worth discussing since it's you mentioned it as called it out as one of the best pieces in the volume. I, I really like Sobs. Uh, mm-hmm. Part of it is I just love Kyle Kennedy's art. Yeah. Is there anything else to it than that, though, Graham? Or just... I mean, that's totally fine to play that, because it is... It is, is there anything cool. else to it? Yeah, I, I like the... Um, uh, for want of a better way of putting it, the lackadaisical attitude mm-hmm. of the judges. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they just sort of take it for granted in this one that everyone's against them because they don't understand. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a weird matter-of-factness. There's a weird, almost, like, uncaring quality to it. Mm-hmm. Very much. That, so. that felt 
really interesting and unusual for Dredd in that it's not self-righteousness even. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it is disinterest. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's disdain. Mm-hmm. But disdain from dread, which, I don't know, there's something strange to me and telling to me about dread saying, you got to wonder why we bother sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, that, that felt very unusual. Uh, and felt very undread, for want of a better way of putting it. Yeah. Um, Sobs is one of those stories that actually made me feel like, um, you know, kind of that weird, like, did something happen in the news that Wagner felt compelled to speak about, kind of? Because it was, it's a weird, it's a weird throwback story in that um, I feel work. Wagner has done a pretty good job at um, showing the judges to be a mess um, without necessarily having dread be that. You know what I mean? Like there were earlier stories in which the judges are the villains and dread is a villain. And and Wagner really can go down that line um, for a story or two and then pulls it back or turns it around or whatever. And Sobs had a weird, um, like, by contrast, the comedy of a slow crime day is, is, is very dark. And it is about a bunch of cops more or less ruining a guy's life because they've got nothing else yeah. to, to do. One of those stories that, again, is... Um, probably way more accurate about the police than any of us really want to admit or think about. And so is incredibly effective. But even in there, like, Dread is kind of the guy who knows the best. You know what I mean? Like, he keeps the excesses from getting totally out of hand. He's the guy who turns around and, like cuts the little helps, receipt yeah. yeah helps the the guy you know but but it, otherwise it's you know an incredibly dark story and in sobs it's dark and it very much doubles down on the dread being like the system being the problem and dread being part of the system and and part of the problem you know um i liked it but it also really felt and maybe part of it is also it's like Dread versus Sky Surfers. I'm, you know, it's it's really hard not to see it as Wagner has gone down this road before. More. Oh yeah, and, and also Dread versus Sky Surfers. John McKennedy, who yeah, drew the original exactly. Midnight Surfer. Yeah, thank you. Right. You know, like like mm-hmm. there there is there is a certain level of we've been here before. I, do, I don't know if that's intentional, but what I like about this is it feels different because this isn't Chopper. Like, these guys are are more inept mm-hmm. uh, and uh, arguably more well-meaning. Yeah, no, they're, they're – absolutely. Uh, no, no, they're engaged in what ends up being activism. You know, yeah, yeah, it, exactly. It's it's civil disobedience of a sort in a way mm-hmm. that that Chopper really wasn't. Chopper was, for all intents and purposes, doing it for a laugh. Yeah, you know that changed after after a while. But but I would say when you know Midnight Surfer, he's basically being a punk. Yeah, 
right? As to having a greater purpose, right? Uh, but it, but again, the the having these, you know, less effective, more well-meaning surfers mm-hmm. that are also more comedy characters, but also having dread, like I said, just be more disinterested mm-hmm. <laughs> in in everything, in doing the right thing, even his version of the right thing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. made it feel different and made it feel cynically like an update, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In in a way that it, that is particularly interesting to me, it feels again like a a, a story of where dread is at mm-hmm. this time, uh, and arguably where Wagner is at this time. Hmm. Um, in a way that that you know the size sky surfer felt uh, I don't know angrier, more essential. Mm-hmm. The, the the lack of that here on on Dredd's part, on the, the surfer's part, on Wagner's part feels really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, um, you know, Wagner writes for all intents and purposes this entire volume, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. we're in, a, it's very clearly a different Wagner, mm-hmm. you know, than, than wrote this, than wrote everything up to like Oz, for example. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I'm not saying this necessarily to discount Grant's contribution, because right. you know for a lot he was co-writing with Alan Grant, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there is a tired subtext to a lot of this, mm-hmm. and an idea that Dread and per- perhaps Wagner are viewing it more as a job. And less than adventure, in a way that it's it, it's really curious to me. Interesting, um, and, and and made this volume, which like you, I enjoyed greatly. Mm-hmm. I think this is a really strong volume. Yeah, uh, but it made it a really curious read. For Interesting. Me. Interesting. I you would know, say. Uh, oh, sorry, I don't want to cut you. No, off. no, on you go. Um, I would say there's a point where. Uh, Dread is talking to Rico in Blood Cadets and says essentially, like, I'm telling you this because um, basically he's like, I make it a point to never forget because I have, like, I try and stay on guard and never take it for granted within myself. And I think that Sobs arguably probably part of the reason why it feels kind of strangely out of joint with the rest of the volume is it kind of feels to me like Wagner having a little bit of a, oh, right, like, I've got to remember that Dread is a bastard. Like, you know, not fully a bastard, but sort of in the same way that Dread, you, Dread has to keep tabs on himself. Wagner has to keep tabs on Dread. And so there's a story like Sobs or kind of a mirror image with 10 years that pops up in the magazine where 10 years allows, it has a lot of similarities in that it's um, shorthand, unfairly persecuted citizens trying to escape the law, 
you know, and dread playing a different role in it in, in a way that sort of threads the needle. But I appreciate that. I sort of feel like maybe it's not so much that Wagner views it as a job, which could be the case, certainly. But I, I also wonder the extent to which it is Wagner rem, reminding himself that that he can't just lionize and dread. Because I think, I think as time has gone on, Wagner has much more affection for dread and much more affinity for dread, you know, as he gets older and, you know, was kind of in that weird zone between more of a liberal conservative anyway, in a way like he, he's never really quite, um, he's never quite as afraid to identify with dread as much as a lot of, other writers who take on dread are except for Garth Ennis, who, you know, is busy more or less peeling off his judge dread cosplay to run to the typewriter to start typing up the next dread story, you know? Um, but I do think that, you know, maybe Wagner like dread has to remind himself that this guy isn't all good because for the most part, dread is, is pretty heavily in Judge Dad territory here. Honestly, like you're saying, the introduction of Rico mm-hmm. really sort of underscores the Judge Dadness and takes it from subtext to text almost. Yeah. And I see Wagner pivoting Dread to being somewhat outside of the mainstream of the Justice Department, but also a moral authority in a way that other judges aren't. Yes, absolutely. I think that it is important for Wagner mm-hmm. every now and again to have a story of yeah but Dredd's also a bastard right exactly he might be a nicer bastard but he's still a bastard I mm-hmm. was going to ask what you thought of 10 years because 10 years is again is fine mm-hmm. but the ending felt forced to me mm. I you know so I I've bitched about Siku and I've bitched about Peter Doherty. I have to say, I really don't like Jock's work, which I, I think I've said here repeatedly. And so I feel like it kind of really undercuts Shirley Temple of Doom, which I like the story a lot. Uh, I mean, Crossing Ken Dodd was like a throwaway. Ten Years, though, is one that sort of worked for for me because if nothing else because they just pile up in the sentimentality so so early and maybe part of it is also it really is a follow-up of sector house which was a great story that also is a great story that doesn't end poorly for the characters you know and so i was like oh man this 10 years this is not going to turn out well you know, and and so I can see where it's like you're sort of like, yeah, it's forced. I'm like, OK, but thank God. You know what I mean? Like, I just really had a <laughs> I had a little bit of the like, you can't kill off that little dinosaur kid. Like, you know, that's. Yeah. Just... Oh, yeah. There's got to be a better way to put this. But I felt that we have in the past seen dreads find workarounds mm-hmm. that are less obvious than this one. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. 
like I, I genuinely feel the dread just saying, well, no, I'm not going to shoot them down because the boy's never broken a law. Right. Feels too obvious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it definitely does feel... Um, I mean, because, yeah, you, you literally do have him say, like, hard-ass I may be, but I draw the line at taking the innocent along with the guilty. Sometimes you have to know how to lose, too. And I'm like, ah... You know, like yeah, it, it 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 feels it feels like Wagner knew exactly where he was going from the start, which is fine, but the route he took to go there, yeah, just fell apart at the end. Yeah, I I can see that. I can see that. And for myself, as someone who just was not, you're like, like you're like, I just was not ready. Yeah, I mean, I, well, I mean. Kid. Well, I mean, yes, I wasn't ready for that, so I'm kind of relieved. Admittedly, he takes a desperate shortcut to get there, but how do I put it? I also wasn't loving the story so much that I had wanted them betrayed. to... Well, that they took... I'm glad they didn't take more pages to get there in a way that felt earned. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, sure. okay, yeah. shoot, okay, it's good, it's gone, it's over, it's very disposable but yeah no 10 years is is not really something i mean again it's to me it's a very traditional what i i've come to think of as a very traditional magazine story um which is to say like it's generally not to my taste and i'm glad that it's over with mostly quickly <laughs> i suppose yeah i mean you know? it it, it... By this point, the magazine stories are, you know, for the most part, done in ones, but done in ones that because the chapters are slightly longer than the traditional 2008, still feel overly long. Yeah, can. They can, in fact. Um, I Interestingly, I thought Jimping was okay, again, in that weird, like, it, it also has a certain amount of um, reheated Jimmy. leftovers to it, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but it was fine. I I, I, I actually yeah. like jumping. Aside from, I didn't think the art was was right for it. You know what's interesting is the I kind of liked how different. And this is this is actually where, of course, like I mean, we can't really have an episode of Drock without without Jeff holding two such opposite positions in his head. He sounds like a ridiculous hypocrite. But you know, oh, I'm sort of. Oh, you always are, Graham. Uh, But honestly, Jimping, um, what's his name? The dude on it, uh, 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 Patrick Goddard. Oh, Patrick Patrick Goddard and Dylan Teague draw. Yeah, yeah. I was at first. I was like, oh, this is kind of this is kind of what Simon Fraser was doing. Except I kind of like it in that it felt like Ooh, hard to disagree i i know right and i totally get that because because it felt to me very simon fraser's work not nearly as much but but Goddard and teague it feels super um american comics influenced right like it it reads to me like american comic artists doing dread uh and and I was kind of down with that in part because it is it's a story about an a jimp, you know, an imitation judge. And so part of me is like, oh, this actually kind of works that 
this shit lo- looks like um, if Wildstorm Comics was doing a Dread story. Uh, and then, but I was kind of like, yeah, that's, that, that's okay. That works for me. And then I read uh, Ghost in the Machine and I was like, oh, oh no, I'm, I've made a horrible mistake, you know? <laughs> Ghost in the Machine is the oddest story. You know, it's what's the machine is is so very strange to me. In part because I think it might work better at two thousand eighty length, which would have been <laughs> you know essentially half the story. Actually, uh, you know, you know what it is, Graham. I don't know if you realize what it is, but I'll tell you. I'll tell you what's so weird about Ghost in the Machine is, um, it's one of the few times where Wagner loses to Grant. You know. That was literally where I was going. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Before you Shit. interrupted me, which is wonderful, because normally that's what I do to you. Yeah, yeah it, it is feels, true. It feels like a response to the grand story from the last volume. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. I'm glad I apologize. But yeah, it's it's No, that's true. fine. Interrupt me and then steal my point. That's fine. Yeah. That's it's fine. true. Don't forget, it feels nice. I, I can podcast. see why you're addicted to it. I can see why you're addicted to it. It feels good. <laughs> um, no, but it, it's... It's uh, it it very much is the breaking of the fourth wall thing that that granted except Grant did it better because he didn't really break the fourth wall right like that was what made Grant's thing work mm-hmm. was that his last page reveal was the very opposite of the last page reveal in this in this story yeah no you know, uh-huh. in, instead of going John White that's John Wagner he's really writing Judge Dredd. And he's met Judge Dredd. Instead, he was like, no, actually, it's chemical-fueled <laughs> ramblings of a brain in a jar. And yeah. this one, it's like, no, Dredd says he's not a cartoon character. But look, he's a cartoon character. Right. And there's a reader wearing a T-shirt that oddly conforms to their shoulder muscles in a way that <laughs> doesn't make sense. Right. Uh, about to read the net strip in the magazine. And he's just like, oh, shit, nope, nope, doesn't yeah. work. Right. Well, because I think there's so many ways in which it doesn't work. Part of it is is that Wagner is coy about the writer writing Dread, and Grant is being absurdly specific about. Yes, he's 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 being very literal. It's yeah. John Wagner who looks like John Wagner. Right, and is drawn in a bathtub, which is just such a weird. The whole flying bathtub angle of it, which it, which is just clearly some sort of you know Grant tweaking Wagner, um, but but also makes for a great visual. Again, part of what sucks is the art here is terrible, uh, wild storm light stuff where everything and and that's the problem. It feels doubly generic. And then the thing, and 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 so nothing lands. And so by the time you get to that final quote unquote joke, you're like, eh. Like Grant did put a lot more into his dashed off story than Wagner did into his dashed off version of Grant's dashed off story. And it's, and that's very strange. That's such a weird, um, jujitsu of the way that those two guys have been on bread the last couple of years 
you know, by which I mean like seven or eight at this point. That yeah, it, I know at this point the entire nineties. Yeah, that it's that it's it's um it's 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 noteworthy in that sense. But um but yeah, I really did finish up the jimping with like, yeah, this art, like this is a thing. I want to see more of this is kinda this surprisingly works. And then it was like, Oh god, oh no, I've made a huge, huge mistake. So Yeah, I I, uh, uh, I am also like why why did you like the art in jimping, which I think is just I I think I can see the American influence that you're talking about. I don't think it's Wild Storm-esque at all. I think it's far more generic than that. It's like Paul Ryan to me. But part of me is also like, you think that looks similar to Simon Fraser's art? Because they look wildly different to me. Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry. They look wildly different. I just mean, sorry. What I mean is is that they both, to me, have um, strong American influences. And and I think that I think that Fraser is different. Um, but honestly, what's ironic is I'm like Simon Fraser's work looks more like Paul Ryan to me than than um, poor Paul Ryan just getting dragged here. But uh, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm weirdly upset about this. Yeah, I'm like, I... are you blind? <laughs> I just, I just, I see, I see an American influence in each, and I feel particularly with, for me, it, you know, part of what it is, is there's a lot of dynamic impact-based stuff from Fraser's work, like that second panel in, on the first page of Blood Cadets, looks like something that is so post-burn to me, um, that that sure, just... but but I don't. I still don't see where you get Paul Ryan from that. If anything, Paul Ryan is too static to do anything like that. Well, that's the what, later what pages of, of yes. What was listening? Please leave a note in the comments about who is more Paul Ryan esque, <laughs> <laughs> Simon Fraser. Because I think Simon Fraser is being slandered by Jeff. Slandered. Uh, bah. Bah. It's a it's a horrible thing that he's doing to this poor man. And really, I I think Jeff should be embarrassed. I think he should be ashamed. And I think you should offer an apology in the next episode. Okay. L- listeners, this is your chance. If you weigh in and agree with Graham, I shall issue said apology. <gasps> oh, my God. Okay, listeners, even if you don't agree with me, you've now just got to say you do. No, but the flip side <laughs> is, if you happen to agree with me... You've got to say so, and then I don't know what will happen with Graham. He'll pretend I'm not going to apologize. I, yeah, I, exactly. I, I, stand, I, stand I knew by it. my Paul Ryan comment. Yeah. Hey, listen, so let me ask you a little bit about uh, pyrokinetics, um, the second story with the uh, Arthur Ransom art. Am I wrong, Graham, Oracle of the 2000 AD verse? Is Juliet November a, a, a stealth character that Wagner is trying to get – launched and does she appear again uh i don't think she appears again it definitely feels like a backdoor pilot doesn't it it Holy definitely smokes. feels like a backdoor pilot yeah uh, okay. i don't think she ever appears and i could be wrong oh okay. uh, i mean maybe she does and i i just i just completely are i'm unaware of it mm. uh, it feels it feels very strange it feels again you know we've used this comparison many times on drug but it almost feels like a spirit story in that you know dread and dread's world feels entirely secondary 
yeah. to this character who just shows up and just saunters through the entire world being like, ah, it's a wacky world. You got to do what you got to do. Waka, waka, right. waka, waka. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it, she feels like she comes from outside mm-hmm. of Mega City 1. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very Even though so. she's apparently a judge and, you know, is, is you know, a, a what, wacky, ditzy, happy-go-lucky judge? Yeah, I mean, she's... You? She's she's a she's sort of a contractor. I'm not sure if she's even like a psy judge because she does contract work, which is part of why she's even getting ticketed at the end. So she is she's not quite there, but it's it's a it's a really odd little story, isn't it? And it's it's funny how much it really did feel like a very that also felt like a real strange throwback in many ways, um, but but not one that feels anachronistic. But yeah, I definitely finished it off being it, like it, it feels it feels like a throwback, not necessarily to something else in Dread, mm-hmm. but to like another type of comic altogether. It, it part of it is you know the Ransom art, but yes. there's so many panels on the page and they're so busy that it does feel like some an entirely different comic. Yeah, very much so. It, it feels like so. something from Lucan. <laughs> I, I will have to take your word for it. Um, okay, good. Well, I really wanted to know. It's a again as a weird one-off. I it's it's not a bad story. I mean, it sort of maybe it'd be nice if there had been just one more hook on it because I kind of feel like the first page is kind of got the setup and then it sticks to that setup for the uh, next. Yeah, exactly. And then it continues for another four pages. Yeah, exactly. And it's, and it's kind of, you know, it, it says a lot about how I've been spoiled by Wagner that, um, that I'm like, he's got four more pages. He could have done so yeah, much. That, that you know what I mean? Twist. Yeah, exactly. Like, everything about the story from that first page. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's no, twist and there's no everything you know is wrong by the end yeah to the point where the very end of it is not only a throwback to the first page Mm -hmm. you know have having uh juliet november turn and and essentially wink at the audience at the end yep yeah feels almost like doubling down oh yeah 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 from the first you know yeah, very much so. Well, because, I mean, yeah, absolutely. The first page itself, Ranson has, she's literally introduced walking off the page. You know what I mean? Like, the way that it, the way that shot is framed. So, yeah, no, it's, uh, um, it's also fun because it also really does have that backdoor pilot feel of, you know, you're like, well, I guess, I guess that never went anywhere. You know, which is kind of, it was fun. I'm like, wow, it's very much like the uh, Gary 7 episode of Star Trek all over again. Amazing. Um, almost amazing is the fact that I remembered his name was Gary 7. So, I, I, Well done. What was that, Thank Simon you. Earth? Uh, yeah, Simon Earth. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I, we are nerds. Nerds! Um, while we are talking about art for a second as we were just doing with Goddard and we're kind of doing with Ransom uh, yeah. is it just me or just copycat crimes which we've you know talked about briefly yes. uh, does it not feel like it comes from a different comic altogether yeah and I mean I kind of like it like 
we had talked a little bit about, and I think one of the listeners confirmed that there was one story that just seemed so... It came from Blowman of the Future, right? Right, exactly. It was like, this seems really ridiculously simple. And this one also felt the same. Copycat Crimes really felt like a intro dread story with a very different style of art. It's it's kind of nice. It reminds me of uh shit. Who is it? Uh Steve Rude. Um which feel free to crap all over that comparison of course, Grant, but it kind of I think that's like... very generous to him, but I can totally see where you're coming from. Well, thank you. Thank you. That's I'll take that as a victory. Um yeah, again, I liked it. I'd be curious to know who Roland Gray was and why. Because it's one hundred percent a fake name, right? It seems to me. Although I would feel that if it was, he they wouldn't have given him such a, a a shit line in the bio. There would have been a little more wink of a wink and a nod, I guess. I mean, to oh, be fair, whereas for me, the shit line in the bio is pretty much the guarantee that he's not real. Okay. Uh, yeah. For for. What not to or her not reading along the um the entire bio for Roland Gray in this book is Roland Gray scripted a Judge Dredd story for two thousand eighty. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> yeah, and and again, there's part of me that's like, oh, it's a it's it is a very between the between the art and the story itself, it's very much a throwback, um, you know, a very retro Dread story, but. But again, I liked it. It was it was kind of clean and appealing, um, you know. I don't know. Again, it's it's all sort of part of me is like, Grandma, are we just going to flip through here and talk about every story, or like babble more about Sector I... House? Or I feel like I've gotten my two cents in, and and I've gotten you know. I was I was literally you, about so. the same thing. It's it's weird that this I think might be the shortest episode we've done in a long time, even though it's a book that we actually really like. Yeah. Uh, it, part of it is, again, with the exception of Blood Cadets and, and Sector House as a sort of twofer, and to a lesser extent the PG Maybe stuff, the rest of this is thriller. Is filler, rather. The rest of this is throwaway material. It's well done throwaway material. You know, mm-hmm. like, I, I, I do think something like The Shirley Temple of Doom is a really good story. Mm-hmm. I, I think that. You know, your Sabs is not for you, but I think Sabs is a, is a, a more than serviceable mm-hmm. uh, Mega City One adventure. The island is great. It's turned it nice again. is great. You know, there's there's a lot of really good material in here, but you take away the Rico stuff, you take away the PGA maybe stuff, and it's you could skip it. You know, Which, you if know... you're oh, if you're literally only following along with Dread for like the larger story stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any great evolution of the strip here, and I don't think there's any great evolution of of the larger plot, with the exception of the Rico stuff. Well, on and PJ maybe, but yeah. Okay, so I feel like one of the things that that you and I had talked about, and again, it says something really despairing about my memory that I can't remember if this was the previous episode or the episode before, but you and I had talked about a little bit about. Hershey being set up as the chief judge and whether or not uh, essentially Wagner was closing the door on kind of the 
inter interjudge conflict dread versus some higher up like kind of like okay this seems like it's kind of done edgar like hershey steps in edgar's moved out and it's kind of a you know brand new day for dread and i had a little bit of the feeling of like where the hell is wagner going to go with this and i feel like again we had a volume where i was like Eh, it's dross and it's skippable. This, I've, I honestly think that that thirty-two is, if it on the drock or dross scale, it would be drock. And honestly, I think it would have been drock even if you had taken out the Rico stuff. When you throw the Rico stuff no, into no. it, I'm I, so I excited. But yeah, I okay, agree. good. It's mm-hmm. drock. Like I'm not saying that this is a bad book by any by any means by any extent. What I'm saying is. There is – it's all throwaway stories with mm-hmm. the exception of the PGM Baby stuff and the Rico stuff. Right. And, it, you know, we're this 36th episode of Drug, Jeff. No, there's agreed. There's so many times that we can be like, John Wagner's a good writer. You know, no, John I agree. John Wagner has draft a successful six-pager yeah. that get, delivers everything you want in a one, in one six-page chunk. Mm-hmm. There's also only so often that we can go, well, some of these artists are good and some of these artists aren't. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, true. Genuinely running into the, the, you know, the law of diminishing returns here. Oh, agreed. Which is why this is going to be a shorter episode, despite the fact that it sounds like we both are saying that it is, it's, it's Drock, not Dross. But I did want to say, Drock. I think so too. But I just wanted to clarify because I would say, at least for myself, as one of the simpler <laughs> participants in this podcast, that saying that something skippable is closer to saying that it's dross, as it were. So I I understand where you're going, but I feel like it's worth spelling out. Like, part of me is like, yeah, this would not be... You know, I will say this, Graham. This, this version, this reading this volume was the first time that I was like, oh, I should sit down and compile like a master list of ranking every dread story that I've read so far, which I'm like, I don't know why I would do that to myself. Like, like you've read literally 32 collected volumes. Yes, I know. That, I mean, it's something like 9,000 pages of, right? That's, I'm not, in 330 volumes at 300 pages of volume, basically. Like, it's, it's 9,000 pages of dread, most of which are being delivered in, you know, five-page increments on up. But I really had that thing where I'm just shocked that 32 volumes in, you can get a story like, the island where it i mean there's a i don't know i want to i don't feel like there's a lot going on there but it could because i mean if you think about the fact that the very first judge dread story that was published not written by wagner has dread putting a criminal like they're sentenced to prison on a high on a freeway island and it's sort of a very clever idea that Mills himself is like, oh, it's so great. Such a good little 
you know, it really sells the the idea of this this future and this cheap irony kind of thing, and it it does work. And the island here is a very it's a very different beast. It's a very different conception of literally the same object, I guess. And it's to me just this huge. Um, it's just really, to me, impressive that Wagner is 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 crafting stories and his commitment to craft is you can get something like that that is as you would as as you put it, and you are not wrong, like kind of totally disposable, like you don't really ouch need to read it, but at the same time, you're like, for me, I was like, this is great. This is a real. This is like a really good like teach this shit in 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 school type story. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it somehow manages but, but that's, to. That's the yeah. weird thing about this. We're again, we're thirty six episodes in. Yeah, and we're at the point where Wagner is doing work that puts other writers to shame. Yeah, on what we're calling throwaway stories. Right, and honestly, exactly. in the context of Dread, they are. Yeah, no. But how many other writers can take six pages and turn around a story like Thailand? Right, right. No, exactly. I mean, I think, and I think I had made that joke earlier in the, in, I think in this episode, but uh, there's something to it. I am utterly spoiled by Wagner's craft. Uh, and... And I think this was kind of this volume where I was like, how fucking good is he to me? That he's like, like you said, he can do stuff that is that is on the one hand totally disposable for him and is still just an absolutely phenomenally well-crafted five, seven, eight-page story. Or he can do something like Sector House that just reels out this this great um I don't know you know between it and blood cadets you're it's it's this introduction to this character that is and 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 just is infused with everything like I just I don't know I'm a huge fan of sector house but but I just also have this thing of like, God damn, like fucking Wagner's the goat. Like there's, it's very hard for me to think of someone who has written so many stories on one character over such an extended period of time who has really done such fucking phenomenal work. Like more often than not, you know what I mean? Like we talk about, long runs of creators working on characters and there's so many goddamn asterisks you know what i mean like for me like because there's a lot of people who i felt like were like yeah we did as many issues of 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 ultimate spider-man as kirby and lee did of fantastic four we beat the record you know and part of me is like yeah but you weren't really as good as a hundred of issues of fantastic four <laughs> and for that matter of course part of me is like you know part of that to me so much of that is because you've 
you've got at its best you've got the team like you basically have as far as i'm concerned like kirby completely honed to his best advantage by stan lee right so it's it's still not just one guy whereas like wagner is has worked with a ton of artists here you know and and has been working for a long time with grant and without and the fact that he can do a long story that you know as you point out is not a mega prog but i was like all but jumping around ready to to hugely disagree because it feels like such a huge story um in its way uh and yet he can also do at least half a dozen other small one-offs here that are just phenomenal i mean it's it is kind of I feel like over the years of doing Drock with you, Graham, I've really um, feel like I've come to understand why there's sort of a, and maybe I was reading too much into it, but kind of a little air of stifled frustration from Judge Dredd fans, you know, like, like just kind of like, for fuck's sake, this is one of the great comic runs of all time. Why can't you idiots recognize this? But, you know, most of you are Brits and are therefore way too polite to say it that way. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the the waves are emanating off you. And I kind of get it. I'm kind of like, this is really a stunning achievement um, it, that Wagner's doing. It's kind of crazy to think mm-hmm. that... You know, the week ahead as we're recording this, the week this is getting released, it's the 45th anniversary of mm. 2080. Mm-hmm. And Wagner is still writing Dread. Yeah. He's not doing it, you know, regularly. Mm-hmm. He essentially comes in and out on a very regular basis. You get maybe one or two Wagner storylines a year now. Right. He's still writing Dread. Right, right. Yeah. That's insane. Right. That's yeah, genuinely be... stunning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and I would say that Wagner stayed as, you know, the primary dread writer, at least for the first 25 years of the character. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, right. No, I mean, this you know, is it. That's, that's, again, even that is mm-hmm. just kind of staggering to think about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and when you were on, like, we're on volume 32. It's yeah. the year 2000. 2000 right. he started 14 years ago by the no, time he gets to no, the end of this. Uh, didn't it start in like 78? 77. Okay, dude, that's 23 years ago. So it is. I'm glad that someone is paying attention to math who is not me. <laughs> um, when you said 13 years, I'm like, wow, my memory is that. It's really yeah, flown no, no, by. No, my yeah. ma- no, my math is terrible. Um, <laughs> yeah, but like... And he's still, you know, he writes all the four stories in this volume. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And I mean, you know, I, yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. No, no, no. It is, it is, it is insane. And it is, it's, it's a, it's really stunning. It's such a weirdly <coughs> singular achievement. And I don't know, it's funny, um, the other thing that's weird about doing Drock is, 
we read the case files and so it's just all dread all the time and that is not the situation when you read 2000 ad or even the magazine you know Mm -hmm. like they're always Mm going to have dread stories in there but it's never just a dread story and it's really funny the last two volumes i've gone back to look at um thrill power overload to see what they're saying about dread during this time and they're just not you know bishop's not really talking about it yeah Yeah. because dread is just like running along right Right. and also at this point you know 2000 he wasn't in the best shape well right and so it's kind of unusual Mm -hmm. that dread is going so well right Right. And it makes sense. Like there's a lot more the drama in Throw Power Overload is you know, fucking them being them suffering under Egmont or the latest uh marketing scheme that ends up pouring tons of money into something that ends up being a colossal failure and nearly kills the magazine and you know, kind of everyone's approach to try and launch a new character and it failing and then when it hits pages of analysis of that but yeah at a certain point it's just kind of like oh yeah and here's you know like literally the last thing was the the crossover doomsday thing where wagner Mm -hmm. vowed like never to do that again basically (laughs) like i'm never doing a cross i'm never doing a mega story that i'm breaking between two two magazines essentially two titles so it's you know, it's kind of weird. Like, I'm very, um, very hepped up about this. Like, it's stunning to me that we're going to be like, yes, Case Files 32, it's Drock. It's also, as Graham puts it, almost entirely skippable. <laughs> I'm like, that blow that the paradox of that blows my mind, you know? Um, and I wonder if it, I wonder if that does point to a problem that begins to set in with dread almost where if you come into where, the, where the remarkable, it becomes unremarkable. Yeah. Kind of, kind of where it's like you step in and you go, Oh, holy shit. But, but otherwise there's a little bit of the, the more of the same kind of, I don't know. You know, again, part of me is like, I think, think that that could be, I could be skewed because reading it in, in the midst of 2000 AD, like, I'm kind of like, maybe there was a point and you would know better than me if like, it's just accepted that you're going to pick up 2000 AD and the dread story is always going to like... There's going to be a good dread story. There's going to be another story that you like. There's going to be one or two things that show potential, and there's going to be one that sucks. I don't remember how many stories. If there's four or five stories in it, there's there's fi- there's five, and it is generally like you know, dread is dread. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you know what you're getting with dread, for right. better or worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And then you'll have something like it that is a surprise, and it'll be your favorite thing, and then there'll be something that you hate, and you right. know, it's it's. It is that mix. It's it's rare that 2008 has a every five stories or something you love, which yeah. honestly is is I think the strength of the, the the series. Right, right, yeah, 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 yeah. It's interesting because I think someone like Kevin O'Neill talked about maybe it wasn't O'Neill, but 
he for him he was it wasn't that it was that that you loved all five stories it was his thing was like you never get it no one's ever managed to make it so that all the stories are basically that the magazine's firing on all cylinders you know where it's like mm-hmm. even if it's not your bag you can tell that it's good you know what i mean there's there was always that yeah, but there's, there's 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 also always one that's just bad we'll see like that's exactly publishes bad comics I no, exactly. Two thousand eight publishes comics that are not to everyone's taste. Well, I mean, I mean that's the thing that's great about Throw Power Overload is is they will say like, yeah, some you know idiot basically paid Michael Fleischer for three years worth of stories, and then we had to run them. You know what I mean? Like between that and an artist that an artist or a writer that is breaking in that is still learning the ropes, or some fucking I mean, it's it's so many, like, someone hits, like, some weird financial crisis or their house floods or they pass a kidney stone or, in the case of most of these artists at 2000 AD, all of that happens at once. Like, you know, like, there's just, it's, it, it almost, it, it's like winning, it's like playing a slot machine, you know? Like, you just, you're not going to get the super jackpot because the odds... There's just too many factors to to make it too much of a long shot, but um, and which again to me is still more of I I just can kind of lose my mind at how good Dread is and 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 is with Wagner writing it and has been for so long and that is just it's just kind of stunning to me and it's kind of funny again maybe you really need a um, volume that is good but not great you know what i mean like the necropolis stuff is like going from dead man to necropolis was stunning to me what an eye-opener you know um and yet it's kind of easy to be like well yeah but it's like you know the ultimate dread story and this this is this is this has so much stuff where there is no ultimate dread story. In fact, so many of even the stories that are the biggest quote, you know, like you said, the stories that are the through lines um, here are stories that aren't about dread. You know, PJ maybe yeah. is PJ maybe. And the, the blood cadets is about the first Rico and sector house is about the second Rico. And, and all of that, you know, is like you can't take dread out of any of that. You can't filter it, but it doesn't necessarily, you know, that that it's it's such a culmination of that ethos of doing a um, doing a title character story for so long that Wagner and Wagner and Grant knew didn't always have to be about dread, you know, and it really pays off those dividends here. So. Anywho, I think I'm just ranting. I don't know if there's anything you want to cover. Do you want to vote your best, your your favorite, least favorite in here and wrap I mean, it up? I mean, my, favorite, my favorites are my favorites are clearly Blood Cadets and Sector House. Right. Like, I don't think it's even close. To be perfectly honest with you, I, I think those are just shockingly good stories. Absolutely. Um. Oh, least favorite though. Least favorite is 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 a good question. I don't know. I genuinely don't know what I'd say my least favorite is. 
Mm. It might, weirdly enough, be 10 years. Mm. I get it. Honestly, 10 years or possibly Ghost in the Machine might be mine. Oh, shit. Ghost, yeah, actually, it really should be Ghost in the Machine, shouldn't it? You're, you're, yeah. you're entirely right. It really should be Ghost in the Machine. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to... Because I feel that one of the things we've we've just spent the last 20 minutes talking about is it's hard to talk about Dread when Dread is just consistently good. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. One of the things that's made it consistent is Wagner's, Wagner's presence. Yeah. And we're going to hit a bit of a sort of slight downgrading of Wagner's presence mm-hmm. for the next few books. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robbie Morrison's going to step up and take on some more Dread. Gordon Rennie's going to take on some more Dreads. Mm-hmm. We're two volumes away from Garth Ennis's return to Dread. Oh, boy. Well, that'll uh, give me time to gird up my loins. You know, there, but I, I'm wondering... One of the things that we, we've we you know previously talked about is other writers don't really get Dread. And definitely the... the I would say the... the overall fandom consensus is when you get to like a Gordon Rennie or Robbie Morrison, they get dread more than like an Ennis or a Miller. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering as much as anything, like what our sense of the quality drop is going to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, main, like our mainlining this stuff. Yeah. Right. Basis. Yeah. Mainlining it on a monthly basis. Wagner is, you know, it's funny because there's a couple of different, writers here not not a lot but you know i mean john smith is is i'm sure going to be overthrown soon someday at some point but is my is my second favorite dread writer which is kind of um an atypical position you know what i mean yeah but i actually thought that um his stories you didn't seem to necessarily go crazy for them new model ford is what it is it's basically you know weaponized schmoo but i actually thought survivor type was was actually quite effective um so i just want to throw that out there Uh, i I, whereas i would talk more about weaponized schmoo (laughs) (laughs) um Okay, no, I'm, I I brought that up and I'm going to move on because I do actually want okay. to get things up relatively yes. quickly. Uh, there's going to be show notes for this up on witwhatpodcast.com on Monday at some point, at which point it'll be Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, listeners. I hope you wow. love Dread as much as Jeff and I do. <laughs> Jeff and I love Judge a lot. And we hope that you too as well. Yes. Uh, there's Twitter accounts at Wait What Podcast. Jeff has a Twitter account at Lazy Bassett at L A Z Y B A S C I D. I have a Twitter account at Graham M at G R A E M E M. Jeff, there's a Patreon, and you should tell everyone all about it. Yes. Um, hey, you guys uh, were hugely appreciative for listeners. <laughs> the fact that you guys listen to us babble and argue and um you know sort of pass ag one another while also laughing a lot uh i appreciate knowing that there are other people out in the world who will occasionally weigh in and let me know that i'm hugely in the wrong or even better 
Graham. Graham is wrong. That's right. I'm telling everyone, go to the show notes and vote. Vote like your hearts (laughs) depend on it because it is really, really important that everyone mention the fact that Paul Ryan's sort of flat, generic line weight has way more in common with Simon Fraser than Patrick Goddard. I anyway. genuinely think you're nuts about that. I genuinely like. It's fine, Grant. As, as a bitch, totally, I totally fine. I, so I know. It's great. It's, it's awesome. I, I look forward to this. Listeners, please, you gotta, you gotta come through for me on this one. Anyway, also we have uh, the wonderful people at Patreon who throw us a little bit of their hard-earned dosh and make things like Drock. Um, our monthly read-through, Judge Dredd, The Complete Case Files, our read-through of Baxter Building, the first 416 issues of Fantastic Four and Change. Um, possible. Uh, entirely would not have happened if not for the listeners hitting a stretch goal and making us stretch ourselves in ways I still find wondrous. Um, thank you. We're hugely grateful to you um, special shout out Tempers Audrey, Queen of the Galaxy, her for her ongoing beyond generous support of this podcast, as well as the various things that she's working at behind the scenes for those people who are always like, wow, it's kind of amazing or a huge comet hasn't hit us, uh, you know, the way the Tazunga Bazinga event did or whatever. There's a reason for that. That's all I'm saying. So. Who doesn't love the Bazinga event? <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, I hated myself as soon as I said it. I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe that if anyone was going to bring in... A, of course it was going to be me that was going to bring in a Big Bang Theory joke. Oh no, I take it back. The Bazinga event is kind of hilarious. I'm Graham, I'm going to come out as solidly in oh favor my god, of it. I love that you second-guess yourself and you're like, no, I'm funny. <laughs> Man, um, Jeff, this is Drock, so you should sing as, as quickly as you can before you go back and decide you're not funny after all. Yeah, it's totally true. I'm going to have that moment of second-guessing myself, but instead I'm going to say, Bazinga! <laughs> okay, no, I can't do that. Drock, you're under arrest, citizen. Report to the isocubes, and we'll see you in 30. Bazinga! <laughs> I, you know which one I'm going to keep in. <laughs> God damn it. Uh. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, 